0: Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. Glad to have you here tonight. I want to jump into this message because it is so important that we understand what I'm about to share with you tonight. Father, thank you in Yeshua's precious and powerful name that what I may speak with the Remnant Call audience, Lord, would be received. Uh, But Lord, I don't want it to be received unless you would bless it. So Lord, I pray that you would bless it and your son, Yeshua, Jesus's name, that it may reach the depths of the listeners' hearts and beyond this program even, Lord. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, folks, it is an important message tonight. And if you didn't hear da- uh, Brother uh, Murray, David Murray's message from last week, you got to tune in. Um, just deep spiritual meat. Thank you for sharing. And I uh, hope to get Brother Benjamin back on here quickly. Um, there's just so much going on at once in this world. But I want to share and focus on something tonight um, because I believe it is so important. Uh, for us navigating these hours that we live in, we seeing so much. I, I, I guess when you sit and ponder it, which I am thinking about, that every single thing the liberal media is accusing. Conservatives, Christians, everything you know, and listen. Trust me, I don't. I don't trust either party anymore. Okay, I just make that clear. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm not in the Republican or Democrat. I'm way too conservative for that. Um, I am in God's army and and God's political party, which stands for truth and justice and the ways of Christ. And but everything they're accusing them of, us of. They are actually openly doing. They are actually doing every single thing that they are accusing believers or conservatives or Republicans or whoever. And so the lie is so bold and so open. There's no more shame in the people. There's no more shame in politicians. There's no shame. There's no there's no actual hiding it. So you got to you got to wonder. When your leaders become so bold like this, where are we going to? Now, I've shared for years that we get so hung up so often on all the signs that are going on. And listen, there are. And the two signs that Jesus actually warned us to watch for, we often ignore. And the the second sign is, is so in our face, we know based on that alone that the Lord's soon return is upon us because he said it will be as two signs will be given. It'll be as in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot. In understanding we are in the days of Lot, like we have never seen so much so that our entire world from the oldest now down to the tiniest of children, are confused and don't know who they are, or they think that they're you know I, like I saw that sticker the other day respect the gender pronouns I'm like what is that garbage? And so the utter lack of of respect to God's creation of male and female. Okay, is so disrespectful because I, as I said before, homosexuality is the one sin that goes against creation, because you're telling God, I no longer want to create. Therefore, you know the and so, but they want to steal our babies, right? They want to take our children that that we through God's wonderful process of procreation have. They want to take our children. And try to tell us that they're pregnant when they're not. And I don't want to go down all this tonight, but I'm just saying the lie is so blatant now. The pushing of the supernatural through UFOs is so in our face now, which are demons. It's demonic. Um, it's been here. You know, this is, this. you got to, we, we often forget that the book, the Bible, is so supernatural. And that the Bible talks about a time at the end of time when the devil shall be let loose Okay. He knows his time. Sure. So the powers are beginning to manifest in a greater way. And we've forgotten the supernatural aspect of the word of God. So we're disturbed when we see these things. Yet we forget there's a statue that's going to speak, a false prophet. They're going to call fire down from heaven. All these different things. You know, the two witnesses, all this stuff's going to happen in the, in the last days. It's going to be so supernatural what people are being deceived. It's the strong delusion. It's, we, we somehow got distracted because the lie is so big that too many believers have begun to believe the lie, or they've listened to the news so much that they have actually forgotten to read the truth so that they can be protected from the lie. And so what happens is we end up carrying all this garbage and baggage around that ends up hurting us spiritually so that we can see, we can't see clearly as we navigate through these dark times in the earth's history. You got to remember the, the, the tribulation. Okay. And I know, the, okay. I understand those who get upset at me because they're, I'm not pre-trib. Okay. But the tribulation is the wrath of satan okay the wrath of god is poured out at the very end no we're not subject to that okay we can't stand through that but the truth that the lord said that he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle now i will ask you a simple question does that church look like it's alive today well maybe through some small groups maybe through some people but in overall, no. Now, we know that the blessing of the people, that there will be a great multitude that no man can number. The Lord's going to be faithful through history. He's saved a lot of people, okay? But there'll be a lot who won't. A lot who won't. And so we got to understand that this hour that we're in is so filled full of deception That your own flesh, your own heart, your own thoughts are not trusting. You can't trust them. They're not trustable anymore. You have to rely upon the word of God to always override your feelings. And that's what, now listen, God is a God of personal touch he also speaks to people. He also he, he gives revelation, whether through his word, through a person, through through, uh, you know, a word of knowledge, whatever, maybe God does those things. But we've been so mentally deceived by these people who are talking out of their backsides and claiming it's from God that believers misinterpret their own flesh as the voice of the Lord. If you want to hear the voice of the Lord, brothers and sisters, you need to get alone with the Lord. It takes patience, and then he will speak when he's ready to speak. You will not force his hand. But God does speak. But you need to relax, rest, and wait when he will speak when he's ready, because the flesh loves to speak every second. Okay, and we got to understand that so we can be clear, but this baggage that we are carrying is it's like it's stuck in our ears and it filters the things we hear and it filters the things we believe and we therefore end up walking down a a path And, and the reason I'm bringing this up too is because the Bible says there's a way that seems right under man, but the end is it's destruction, Right? there you know and there so there there are people who believe that they're wholeheartedly heading in the right direction but they're going the wrong way and it's dangerous and in Hebrews 12, 1, it's very specific when it says to us wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness in the Bible through the through the through the you know the 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 word of God we have such a great witness and also through the great apostles and people who have lived before us through the ages of the church fathers you know this wonderful witness of truth and following the Lord in obedience unto him is being just deteriorated, but the Bible says we still have it available, and the response to that witness is that we are to let us lay aside every weight and sin that doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, I've asked Brother David to come back on soon to this program because he has some more to share Uh, And I'm hoping, Lord willing, he will share a little bit more about in Corinthians about taking every thought into captivity. It's a wonderful thing. I'm not going to go down there tonight, but it, it is a blessing that God gives us through his strength and power to take the authority over wrong thinking and to bring those evil thoughts into captivity. And so we have this sin that ends up so easily besetting us, being worried about every little thing, or, or, well, Trump will just win and we'll make it right again. Listen, folks, I am a business owner. Okay, I own a business, an IT company. You know, we, we, I, you know, have seen the good and bad of an economy. I, when Trump was in last time, we, man, it was booming, and we've been doing good now too. But you see the differences in the companies uh, that we service, how they were you know, blessing their employees with bonuses and raises that aren't happening today. The spending is not quite, you know, what we see at other times, even though it's not as bad, but we see a lot of fearfulness and going on and there's hope that, you know, if Trump could just win again, but folks, I'm here to tell you that even if he does win, you're like to see, likely we'll see a civil war because the opposing party is doing everything they can to stop this. To, to wreck the train to be, they don't they are doing everything because they're afraid of him. And it, what I' I guess what I'm saying is they will burn this cities down if they have to because they're violent. And, but who do they accuse of violence? Us. You see it, it's it's such hypocrisy but we need to discern that Trump is not our hope. We, un- we need to understand that it doesn't matter just because he wins, because if we remember the signs that Jesus told us to look for, especially the signs of Lot, knowing that you can't live in such a society that is void of, of uh, uh, you know, of, of morals. And it's, I mean, people that are even, you know, marrying their pets, stuff is so weird. It's just bizarre what goes on today. That I don't care who's the president. The society has accepted something the Bible calls an abomination and sin and said it's okay. We're not going to recover from that ever. I don't care how good the economy seems. We are not going to recover. But people have this weird hope. And listen, I'm I'm guilty sometimes of thinking, man, I wish the economy for the business sake would, you know, keep going well, (laughs) excuse me, and all that stuff. I'm guilty of it also, but at the same time, I remind myself, Frank, your hope is not in a person. It is in Jesus Christ. It's in our heavenly father. That is where my hope is. And my business, as much as I work it, you know, and maintain till he comes, I know that that thing's going to go up in flames one day. Unless the Lord, you know, sells it and I get out or something one day and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about it because I'm not taking it with me. I, it's not, that is business is not going to save me. Only the Lord will save me. And so the spiritual baggage, it gets on us so fast that many times we don't see it happening. Old habits, past traumas, our jobs, living arrangements, secret sins, open sins, other people's sins. Oh, that's a big problem. You know, we love to point out everybody else's stuff. We have so many excuses and reasons of why we can't do this or why we can't fast or why we can't seek the Lord or why we can't read the Bible more. It's baggage and garbage that we are carrying it around and not letting it go. Yeah, I remember one time this book I was reading, this lady was saying that the reason she drank was because she was so miserable. And finally, someone had the courage to stand up to her and say, no, the reason she's miserable is because she drinks. She was miserable because all the stuff she drank and the alcohol causing depression and loneliness, And but she was making it that the only reason she's doing it is because of that. So we can blame everybody else. We can blame our childhood. We can blame, you know, our parent, whatever it might be. But the truth is you are responsible for you and we need to be wise to what's going on in this world today what is going on in this world is so deceptive, so disgusting, and so morally just depraved that we need to wake up. Now, John chapter 5 has an extremely powerful story I want to share with you because I believe it is so relevant today in people's lives. John chapter 5 Um, starts out in beginning in verse one, if you wanna look at it there with me, says this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and the Jews went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the, excuse me, then first after the troubling of the water stepped in, was made whole of whosoever's disease he was. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, "'Rise, take up thy bed, and walk.' And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him, This, him that was cured, "'It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed.' He answered then, "'He that made me whole, the same said unto him, "'Take up thy bed, and walk.' Then asked they him, what man is it that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed risked not who it was. Then Jesus had conveyed himself away and the multitude being in that place. Afterwards, Jesus finding him in the temple and said unto him, behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Now, this is a wonderful story, a powerful story, also a troubling story at the same time. The reason that is, is because here, think about this. Here's a man who has spent a lifetime, almost 38 years with an infirmity that he is just can't move. He can't do anything. He's he's, he's just horrible shape. And he knows that this event happens. Now, I'm pretty sure I got to remember now, I think I read about this not that long ago outside of the Bible, this troubling, the water recorded in history. And I don't remember if it was Josephus or another ancient writing. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure this was also this event of this troubling was recorded outside of the word of God, too. And so here he was waiting for something that they knew was taking place. And he was right by the place where it was going to happen. But he had absolutely no hope of ever being healed. So he was sitting right there where the healings would take place with a belief that he could get in and be healed at the same time believing he would never be healed. What a hopeless life to live right in front of you is where you can be healed, but he sat there his whole life believing he'll never get that way. That is the state of so many believers. You don't believe me? Pray with other people many times. Somebody's sick. Listen to the prayers. We almost execute the person before we've given the Lord a chance to heal them. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times when people, it's their time. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about our lack of faith that God can heal somebody. There is so many times we run to the answer of something else instead of seeking the Lord. And here was a man who the Savior himself was standing in front of. Jesus himself was there to heal the man. But he couldn't even receive it because he had no hope. Now, thank God for the mercies that he gives to those that don't even believe sometimes. That have no hope, Jesus healed him anyways. Folks, I, what I'm trying to tell you is spiritual baggage keeps us from receiving the healings and the power to walk through the hours that we are facing. You've talked about it, you've heard about it, you've you you know where we are, but have you done anything in your life to open that pathway of communication between you and our heavenly Father? Have you done anything to strengthen that relationship between you and our Heavenly Father? Because the baggage will kill you and destroy you and give you a life of no hope or cause you to believe in something false. Like if Donald Trump can win the presidency again, everything will go back and be fine in the United States. No, it will not. They tried to destroy him last time. They will do anything they can to destroy him this time. Folks, you live in a banana republic. We have The United States we once knew is no longer alive. We are the country. We are the nation, the city of Revelation chapter 18. It's in there. You go read it. That is the United States. We have made the world sick through our sorcery. Through the through our witchcraft, through our pharmacia, which we have made this world sick with, and God will destroy this country. I'm sorry, I hate to say it that way. I know some of you love it here. I loved. I listen. I served in the military. Nobody had to put a gun to my head to volunteer. Matter of fact, one of my employees, it was uh, one of my VCIOs. They, he was. He went to school with me. He's uh, his brother and I were in the same grade. He was a few years ahead of us. He was in the first Gulf War, and his brother and I, we signed up afterwards to go into the Marines also to serve. Nobody had to tell because we loved and believed what we this country stood for. That place is gone. It doesn't exist now. There's good people. There's still some good, wonderful people in this United States but this country will fall because homosexuality has been the destruction of every uh, ancient history through great nations, Rome, all of Greece. That's what happens when it breaks out everywhere. You will fall because the cup of, 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 of our cup of abomination is filling to the absolute rim and the spiritual baggage is killing us. And here's Jesus in this last hour saying, listen, I need you to watch and to pray. Just spend an hour at least with me, you know? spend with an hour. Couldn't you just watch for one hour? He asked the disciples. Couldn't we just pray for an hour? Couldn't we seek the Lord? This is the Lord talking to us. And this hour, the things he said in the word are for us right now so that we will be free from this baggage that we can hear clearly that he can lead us through these last days. Because I don't know if I'm to stay here to the Countries short. I don't know when I'm supposed to go, but I ask the Lord to tell me when to go and give me the grace to listen and be obedient, not to my flesh, but to his word, to his voice, to listen to what the Lord tells me to do. But I also realize I don't trust my flesh. And I say, Lord, I need you to give me the grace to receive that. Because I don't trust myself. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the example the Apostle Peter set when he said, I'll never deny you. And he did because he did it in his own flesh. Thank you for showing us that example. I'm so thankful for what Peter, his mess up, which helped me to remember and realize, I cannot do this in my own flesh. Folks, you cannot also do this In your own flesh, we must shrug off this excess baggage and throw it away and get rid of us. Titus 3 says this, starting in verse 3, For we ourselves also... Were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and the love of God, our savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. You see, we have messed up and God knows that. We may mess up again, it's okay. But when we come and turn around and we call out, God wants us to put off that old man and turn ourselves to him. The foolish stuff we need to let go and release it. And when I say foolish, I'm talking about hoping in a person to turn this country around. And instead of hoping in Yeshua that he will guide and lead his people through these darkest hours, that is what I'm talking about. God is desiring that we would follow him with our entire hearts. You know, the book of Luke has a wonderful story, and I want to share with you as I close out this program. Luke chapter seven, starting in verse thirty-six. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And when, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meat. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. And stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner." And Jesus answered unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors, and one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I have entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she she hath washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time... I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet, my head with oil, thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loveth much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, thy faith hath saved thee, go in peace. Now here was a man well-versed in the word of God, but devoid of the spirit of the living God. And when he saw this woman, all he saw was her sin, her failure, and her problems. And all he could say is this rotten, nasty sinner. And here Jesus looks at him and knows what he's thinking and tells him the story of the two that are forgiven. And then he says, you know what the deal is, Simon? This woman truly loves because she's been forgiven of so much wrong. Although those who haven't, because they think they got it all together, who've never truly received the redemption of forgiveness, love very little. This woman ministered to Jesus, washed his feet with her hair and her tears. My question is to each one of us, when was the last time we washed Jesus' feet with our tears? When was the last time that we saw the magnificence of God and our sin for what it's been and we've wept at the thought that someone could love us so much that we washed the feet of Jesus with our tears. When was the last time you washed your master's feet? You see, Jesus loves you so much that even though you don't deserve anything, he died for your sins anyways. He didn't die for you to focus on the problems of the world and everything that's going. Listen, we got to be aware, but he's asked you to simply watch with him to seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then he would fix the issues in your life and take care of the rest. When was the last time you washed Jesus' feet? Folks, God is so merciful. God is so amazing. And as I was over tonight earlier this evening, this dear sister sister Linda, this is her last few moments. Now thank you so much. You prayed for my grandma that passed away. And uh thank you. I appreciate. Thank you, Brother David, for the words you share with my father too. It was much received. It was tough. And then tonight I had to go over to a dear sister. This is her time. And she's in her final moments. And I held her hand. She perked up. She saw me come in. And we sat there and we talked. We were talking about how good... Are God's forgiveness with her husband and the, some, a few other friends that were there, how good God's love and, and, and mercy and promises are. And that so very soon, the next face she's going to see when she wakes up is Jesus. Life is short and it's precious. And and folks, we've got such little time. This lady, she was 79. It is her time, but it came up. She had no idea this was coming. But she has such a love for Jesus and for children. And we didn't have to worry at the end of her life because we knew where her heart was, her, her ministry, her, her life, her care for the children. It spoke volumes without even saying the name of Jesus. We knew the one who she followed because her life expressed it in everything that she did. So without even a single word, I knew she followed Jesus. But I knew because she also testified and confessed his name. But her actions spoke so much louder than her words. But you know what she didn't have? She didn't have the spiritual baggage because her life was focused on ministry and not upon the cares and the problems of this world. I'm trying to tell you to get rid of spiritual baggage, you have to change the one that you focus on and he will throw away the garbage that is leading you down a path of bondage and destruction. Folks, God is calling us to this deep walk. I, I, I can't say it enough. You can have all the knowledge of everything going on wrong, you can even read the word of God from one into another and still be lost if you don't have a walk with our God. There are plenty of scholars out there that are actually atheists. That's a very real thing. There are scholars, biblical scholars that don't believe in the word. So just reading alone is not, there has to be communion. There has to be a relationship. You have to know the one that you serve. And why wouldn't you want to know him? He's just done so much. I'm not losing Sister Linda. I didn't lose my grandma or my other grandparents because they knew Jesus. I'm simply just going to see him in a little bit. It's not over. Because we have faith and hope and security in the one whom we serve. I am begging and pleading with you. Put your effort and time into your father in the relationship you have with him. And watch your attitude, your life, the things around you beginning to change. I don't care what your financial circumstance is. I don't care because I've been in Africa where they had absolutely nothing. They were so poor, dirt floors, they had zero, but they had Jesus and they were happier than anybody I'd ever known in my life because they believed God would come through no matter what the problem was and God never failed them and they had zero and I get back to this country, we have so much, and we yet have so little time for God. Folks, time is short, but our Father's arm is still stretched out. Use this time wisely to reach all that we can. Do all the good that you can to all the people you can, as often as you can. I I can't quote it for verbatim, but I think it was what John Wesley had said. While we have time, This is Brother Frank on the remnant call encouraging you. Shred, shrug off that spiritual baggage. Seek our Heavenly Father and watch the things around you change and in you. Good night and Shalom. Lord, trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountains. Lord, trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Lord, trumpet in Zion.